All right. Well, uh, Miss Richards, it's a pleasure to have you here. Now, I am I am replacing your previous therapist, but I'm half. So on. Today will be a lot about getting to know each other. All right. Excellent. Now, now, Miss uh, Miss Miss Richards, uh, it seems here I'm looking at your previous therapist's notes, and it does seem like you you spend a lot of your sessions talking about. Uh, your husband, uh, Mr. Reed Richards, also known as Mr. Fantastic. Why don't we start there? Could you tell me a little bit about uh, Mr. Fantastic and your marriage? Oh, being married to Reed is is really wonderful. It's it's not it's it's really the the life I always dreamed of. Well, you know, kind of. Except, you know, now I'm a mutant freak, but uh, but also it's uh. You know, I've, I've just, I do love Reed. And, you know, sometimes he can be a little emotionally distant and cold. Uh, he does definitely think about science more than me or my feelings or the family or the safety of our children. Uh, or sometimes this plane of reality. Um, but I do love him and I've, I've loved him ever since I first met him. Oh yes. Well, how did you meet? How did you meet your husband? Well, I. Well, I was. It was a summer, and I was. I was thirteen. Oh, so you've known him for a while then, and. Uh, and he was, he was back on summer vacation from his master's programs at the Marvel equivalent of MIT, and. I'm sorry. What did did you just say? Well, he was. Tw- oh, it's. He wasn't that much older than me, Doctor. He was 21. He'd got he got into a master's program very young. I, oh, that you. I'm sorry. You met you. You've been in love with Reed Richards since you met him when you were 13. Is that's that's, what's, that's your story? Oh yes, that is that is. I mean, isn't it a classic romantic tale? You know. I. I, I, Sue, Susan, I, just, just so you're aware, relationships don't normally start that young. Well, I mean, we weren't dating. <laughs> Doctor, I, that's silly. No, of course, no. I just, uh, you know, we were just close until I was old enough to date. I see. You know, like as a family friend who would occasionally... Teach me and my brother about science. No. Because, you know, well, I am also a scientist. I think maybe my love for Reed Richards is what made me get into science. I see. Okay. Uh, Very interesting things to know right there. What, uh, tell me. uh, All right, it's. So you fell in love with Reed at 13. <clears throat> Surely, um, so is he the, I take it he's the only man you've ever had any sort of feelings or romantic relations with? Well, you know, I've also had, um, let's see here. Well, I mean, I've had a number of suitors, actually. Oh, okay. Well, uh, let's see here. This Namor, the Submariner, who is, who is the king of an underwater of an underwater kingdom formerly known as Atlantis? 
Um, and uh, oh, he was a suitor. Oh yeah, he's tried to kidnap me a number of times and woo me away from Reed. Um, I mean, he is very physically fit. I can't lie to you. Very, very handsome. There's something to be said for a, a muscular man with a swimmer's body. Okay, and uh, besides, be well. I mean, there are some problems with him. He is a mutant. I know. I know that's a bigoted thing to say, but he is a mutant. And I mean, like those kind. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being a mutant. I'm just saying those kind of really mutant non-mutant relationships are very complex. And on, but you you are also a mutant. Well, no, no, I'm not a mutant. I wasn't born this way. I was altered through a through a cosmic accident. Fair. Okay, it doesn't seem like there's enough of a difference there for. Oh, whatever, whatever. We're not going to judge your prejudices here, right? Just yet. Uh, you said there's something else wrong with him. Well, I mean, he is a fascist totalitarian who wants to genocide people who live on the land. Um, he's 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 fought several wars against the the land dwellers. You know, I. See, so I mean that's 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 deeply problematic. And um, see, Doctor Doom, I'm sorry, Doctor Doom. Like I I know who that is, but you don't even have to know who he is with a name like Doctor Doom. You're either dating a supervillain or like um, some type of rap artist. I that's very funny. I've never been hit on by a rap artist, but I can tell you that. Dr. Doom can be quite romantic when he wants to be. I mean, obviously, I'm not, I mean, obviously, Dr. Doom is, you know, tried to kill me a number of times and he's horrifically scarred. So I don't, there was never, I don't think there's a serious issue there going on. Okay. And are, are those, so those are the, the three men in your life that you've had some type of romantic relationship i mean those are the big three yeah um that was you seem to have incredibly questionable taste in men what what are you talking about you said that your husband is emotionally distant and occasionally a threat to you and your children well i mean he's not a threat to our i mean he did erase my one son's mind with a ray gun when he found out he was a mutant what? I'm so, I'm sorry. I we're a little mutant phobic in the Reed Richards family, but you know when I had a son who was a mutant, it really opened my eyes, and I could not love him. But Reed was like, "Oh, he'll destroy the world. I'm going to erase his brain with a ray gun." He's oh, we're still fighting about that, and sometimes he does go behind my back and make plans with Tony Stark that result in our friends not sending us Christmas cards for a while and, you know, some people die. But, you know, and, I mean, there was a time he created a secret prison in the negative dimension to lock our friends in when they wouldn't follow the rules. So there is that, too. Except, oh my good, Susan, it says here in your, your notes that he's he's hit you before? Oh, doctor, I grew up I grew up in in I grew up in the fifties. Hitting people was just part of learning manners back then, you know. 
<laughs> you, you would get out of line and then someone would punch you. It, it was just how things were. I don't think badly of him for, for the times he's hit me at all. Art. Susan, I'm going to recommend we have therapy more often. Do you want to talk about any of my superhero traumas? I think it's going to be a while before we get to those. Oh, okay. I think, I think we're going to be talking about your family for a while. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome back to Ruben Uncut. Today's topic is a good Fantastic Four movie possible? Because I've finally done it. I've seen all the current Fantastic Four movies. Seen all of them. And I'm now ready to tell you which of them is the best. And that none of them are incredibly good. So where to start? Well, obviously, we can't start with which one of them is the best. However, what I can do is start talking to you about which two are probably the worst. I know, I know what you're going to say. Oh, it's clearly fantastic. The number four by Josh Trank. And you're probably not wrong. However, I do want to point out that there's another Fantastic Four movie that was made first. You know what? We're going to go almost in the order they were made. So let's talk about the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. Whoo! Because the Roger Corman Fantastic Four is a, fa is a fascinating tale. At some point, probably while Stan Lee was running the Hollywood branch of Marvel Comics, Fox got their hands on the rights, got their hands on the rights to the Fantastic Four. And so they decided to make a movie based on those rights. I'm sorry, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They didn't decide to make a movie on the, based on those copyrights. What they decided to do was to make a fake movie for the purposes of maintaining the copyright and not losing it. So they needed to make something low budget. So they hired low budget director Roger Corman to put together a Fantastic Four movie for Fox. Now, everyone involved except the actors knew that this movie, maybe some of the crew didn't know either, this movie was never going to get released to theaters, which is a real fucked up thing to do to actors, by the way. Now, this version of the Fantastic Four does have a surprising cult following. There are many people out there who believe that this is the Fantastic Four movie. Now, for those of you unfamiliar with the Fantastic Four, allow me to tell you what both this movie and the comics are about. 
Fantastic Four is a superhero comic book series that was created by Stan Lee to compete with Justice League of America in the 60s. See, DC Comics made a comic book called Justice League where they got all their superheroes they had into a team. And it started selling really good. And so the Marvel producers at the comic book company were like, hey, Stanley, we need you to write us a comic book that is a superhero team. Now, Stanley took a completely different approach. Well, Stanley and Jack Kirby took a very different approach to a superhero team from what DC did. Now, eventually, now later they would do basically the same concept with the Avengers. But when they created their first superhero team, the Fantastic Four, it actually bared a little bit more of a resemblance to Jack Kirk, to a comic book Jack Kirby used to work on called Challengers of the Unknown, which was about a team of adventurers who have sort of very extra-dimensional, trippy, weird, sliders-type adventures and whatnot. Think sliders plus, you know, like the X-Files plus, you know, like anything un- unexplained you can think of. And by that, I mean it's a team of people who all wear coordinated costumes and go on wild adventures frequently based on science fiction. Because superheroes are ultimately typically a subgenre of science fiction. Or, or, or crime. But anyways, where was I? So, the story of the Fantastic Four goes like this. There is a very smart scientist named Reed Richards. He is charming love interest, Susan Storm, slash future fiance, slash future wife. Her brother, Johnny Storm. And Reed Richards' best friend, Ben Grimes. Grim? I, I've heard it pronounced both ways. I forget which one the movies use. Doesn't matter. Moving forward. So they go into space to study some strange activity and their, their bodies get walled with cosmic radiation that essentially turns them into elemental, into kind of elemental-based superheroes. Now, Reed Richards' body can wrap around and change forms like water. Now, he doesn't have any actually water-based powers. His body is just very elastic-y and moldable, like a sack full of water. Susan Storm gains the power to become invisible and generate force fields. And she is the invisible woman. Mr. Reed, Mr. Richards becomes, of course, Mr. Fantastic, which says a lot about what happens when you get to pick your own name and you are a narcissist. His friend Ben Grimm, who gets the power of rocks, and by that he mean, I mean he literally walk, turns into a walking pile of rocks. One of the prominent Jewish superheroes, actually, the thing, Ben Grimm. And then, of course, Johnny Storm gets the power that's left over, the power of fire. And he becomes the new Human Torch, not to be confused with the original Human Torch, who was an android, ironically. 
and they proceed to have a number of adventures, many of them against their arch nemesis, Dr. Doom, former rival of Reed Richards. And also Eastern European dictator, oligarch maniac. Think Lex Luthor plus Hitler and deformity. Not I don't think he's racist though, in fairness. I meant more like the totalitarian Eastern European dictator thing. <clears throat> anyways. So anyways, the Roger Corman movie gets made for the express purposes of, you know, maintaining the rights to the Fantastic Four for Fox to not make a fucking Fantastic Four movie. Because why the f would they, apparently? So Roger Corman stepped in to make a low-budget Fantastic Four movie. And now the thing about this movie is simply this. If all you care about is comic book accuracy, then this is easily the best Fantastic Four movie. It's very close to the comic book in both design and overall story. Don't get me wrong, there's some fudges. But overall, it's like they tried to make it as much like the comic book as possible, which actually probably may have been due to, you know, cut down on the cost of writing it. And if that's all you care about, then this is the best one. And then they threw a thing that was in my hand. Anyways, if that's all you care about, this is the one, this is the best Fantastic Four movie. If that's all you care about. If you care about other things like how a movie looks, how a movie sounds, how a movie is written, uh, uh, or any of that, uh, then it's not then it is not. Don't get me wrong. If there's one thing this movie nails, it's some of the costumes. The thing looks surprisingly good. I mean, damn. They got him to look that good on this budget? It's wild. And Dr. Doom, basically the costume designer was like, let's just do the comic book look. Because bam. It looks like the comic book. If the comic book was a movie made for $10, that's not true. The Dr. Doom costume costs more than $10. It, and so did the Thing's costume. It looks like, it, basically it looks like if, you, if all the budget was spent on those two costumes. The movie is incredibly cheesy, very hokey, very B-movie. It is a B-movie. Actually, it's probably a C-movie, to be honest. Because B-movie mistakenly gives out the impression that something is of at least better than average quality. It's like a C-minus at best. Sure, sure. It's a lot. It, it gets 
a lot of things from the comic book accurately onto the screen, including some things that they probably shouldn't have kept. Like, I didn't know that Susan Storm was 13 when she met Reed Richards until I saw this movie and I was like, what? That can't be right. And then I Googled it and it was. Fucking blew my mind. I was like, what? I mean, this is a comic book from the 60s. Dating, dating was apparently extremely different in the 60s. I mean, they didn't date when she was that age. But like, the point is, is that somebody wrote this and was like, that's not weird. That's not weird at all. And like, I have to assume it's just the changing of the times. I have to assume. I have to assume just the changing of the times. But this movie was made and released in 1994. So I don't, I don't know if it should have an excuse there. Kind of, ugh. that's the other, because, so that's another thing. The, this is a movie from 1994. And, uh, so I've seen the Marvel TV movies. And, uh, visually, this movie is more creative, but uh, in terms of uh, budgetary situation, it uh, does not look better. It looks it looks on par with the Doctor Strange TV movie from the seventies. So that's that's a big oof. That is a that is a real big. Uh, Real big oof. Oofity oof. Oof. Oof oof. Oof 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 oof. Okay. Moving along. There are going to be some, if all you care about the Fantastic Four is that it's as much like the comic as it can be, then this is the movie for you. If you don't care that it looks like it was shot in somebody's backyard, with some surprisingly good cosplay. If you can get past the fact that it's impossible for some of the characters to use their powers in actually interesting ways because of budget constraints. If you can get past the fact that when Reed Richards stretches his arms, they're clearly just broom handles. If you have just a deep seated love fantastic four and can look over the questionable age gap relationships i mean i guess that age gap isn't that big but it's just it's it's so weird because of you know the circumstances but anyways fucking yeah if that's all you care about then this movie which i'm just finding out now supposedly had a budget of one million u.s dollars and was directed by ole sasson is produced by roger corbin not not directed it's a it truly is a it is an interesting movie as like a historical note worthy thing 
And there's some kind of unintentionally funny moments throughout the film. Like there's this one scene where Dr. Doom just leaves a room full of henchmen alone with the Fantastic Four, expecting the henchmen to like take care of them. But like when it gets back, Dr. Doom's reaction to seeing that the Fantastic Four have wrecked his, uh, his crew is kind of priceless, kind of just like, oh, what? Oh, what the fuck? Oh, come on. Gotta do it myself. It's, it's just the way he physically reacts with his body is quite funny. Um, so I recommend it. It's, it's a good movie if you like bad movies. So there. You can also find it on the internet in places like Daily Motion and such. All right. After that, it would be a long time before they could, before they would try to do Fantastic Four again. About, what was it? Maybe, was it like 10 years? Let me check. I think it was 10 years. Sorry. 11 years later, Fantastic Four, starring Jessica Alba and Chris Evans and a bunch of other people who I barely know anything about. Oh, how do you not know anything about Michael Schickless? This is one of two things I've seen Michael Schickless in. The other one was Parker with Jason Statham. Yeah, I never watched The Shield. I don't care. And yes, and yes, it does also star someone named... I'm going to have to assume pronounce Ian Grafud. Grafud? Grafud? I don't know. This is literally the only thing I'm aware of him from. It's bullshit that he was not in Multiverse of Madness, though. Definitely could have grabbed him for Multiverse of Madness instead of wasting my time with John Krasinski, who is, you know, an amazing waste of space. That's not true. He directed that one movie that he probably stole from a book. Anyways. So, at a budget of literally a hundred times more than the Roger Corman movie, which had a budget of $1 million, Fantastic Four movie had a $100 million budget. And I gotta say, the movie is not perfect, but it's also not astonishingly awful either. Is it great? No. Is it hokey? Yes. But I want you to remember that it's hokey. That's an important detail that we're going to get back to, if I remember. So, you know the basic gist of the Fantastic Four movie, I mean story. Now, in this movie, things get a little... This movie, honestly, the changes it makes to the lore... Kind of glad they happened. Kind of glad they happened. Why? Because uh, Reed Richards 
and Susan Storm, they, we, they, we never talk about that meeting when she's 13 in this movie. In this movie, she's a grown-ass adult. Thank God. She's not 13 through the whole Roger Corman movie, just to clarify. She does technically become like 18 or something at some point. Uh, but in this movie, now, Susan Storm has always been a scientist, even though not everyone remembers to write her that way. But in this movie, Jessica Alba definitely plays her as a scientist. And I gotta applaud that. Applaud that. Now, so her and Reed Richards are end up working for, oh, that's interesting. This movie was actually the production company for this Fantastic Four movie. It's the same production company that does the Resident Evil movies with Mila Jovich. Interesting. Didn't know that. But anyways... Reed Richards and Susan Storm are teamed up with Dr. Doom. I'm sorry, uh, Victor Doom. <laughs> so much less obvious, right, guys? Um, as Victor Doom is sponsoring them to all go to space and do this ex uh, experimental thing. And of course, they all go to space and they get hit by the radiation. And, you know, it messes them up. And they all just come back down to Earth. Now, of course, now the thing is, of course, now in this one, Dr. Doom is more like he's part of the accident that happens. So that's, I actually don't mind that. Storytelling-wise, it actually makes a lot of sense to tie the villain closer into the origin story. It allows you to have a deeper connection between the characters. Nothing really wrong with that. You could argue that it is a trope, but what's wrong with tropes? Tropes happen for a reason. The movie proceeds to be a very light superhero movie. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's, there's action and whatnot. But like, it's... Even at its best, the movie is kind of just, you know, like, oh, this is fun. And that's about it. And it does have its fun moments there's some good action chris evans is very fun as the human torch jessica alba is underutilized but doing a good job some of the stories of how the director treated her on these movies are kind of horrible uh just for context is part of why i say she's underutilized she's in the movie a lot i'm just saying tim story was a fucking dick to her But anyways, <clears throat> and didn't take her seriously, seriously. But anyways, Julian McMahon plays Dr. Doom. So of course, uh, things sort of develop. A large part of the film focuses on just like coming to understand their powers and how they affect them psychologically. And I can appreciate that. But the film also keeps things very sort of just at a point where I would say fun, but not deep. And that's, that's the movie when it's at its best. Uh, there's never a part of the movie where it truly delivers in a major way. And the truth is that it's all a little bit hokey. If you, don't, if you can't get behind some hokiness, I don't think I could recommend it to you. That being said, it's okay. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. 
it's just not incredible cinema. And the amount of, and there are definitely superhero movies out there that are much more worth your time. But if you like the Fantastic Four, this is okay. It exists. Now, there was another Fantastic Four movie after that starring the same cast. We're going to get back to that. Because after that movie, that one I'm going to get to at the end, there was another movie. A more infamous movie. Fantastic Four, but they use a numeral instead of the word four when spelling it for some reason. Although, side note, all posters have used the numeric one, but for some reason, when written, this one is just fantastic for the number. Doesn't, doesn't really make sense. But this is probably the most hated of the Fantastic Four movies. And uh, there's a reason for that. Currently on Google, it has a two point. It has two point three star user rating out of six hundred and sixty four ratings. The number one being one star. Now, to be fair, the second largest group is actually five star, which is kind of mind bending. With the smallest grouping of reviews being four star reviews. The third largest grouping being two-star reviews. And now, I'm going to make some controversial statements about this movie, which is that I don't hate it. It's not good. And I understand why people hate it, but I don't hate it. I'm not going to say too many nice things about it in this following segment, but I don't hate it. For starters, let's start with the positives. Fantastic Four 2015 has a fucking baller cast. Like, damn. Miles Teller as Reed Richards, Michael B. Jordan as the Human Torch, controversial casting, but he's fucking good in it. Kate Mara plays Susan Storm. J.B. Bell plays Ben Grimm, which is an interesting one. And Toby Kimmel plays Dr. Doom. And Reggie E. Cathy, Cathy plays Franklin Storm, the Storm Twins' father. This film is based more heavily on the, fantastic, the Ultimate Fantastic Four comic book. Ultimate Fantastic Four, of course, was a reboot of the, of the characters, Interestingly enough, in this version, in that version, they're all teenagers. No one's as young as 13, but they are all basically gifted science students with the exception of Human Torch and Ben Grimm, who are just friends and family of the gifted science students. Build a teleporter to go to the negative dimension. And that's what, and of course they go there with Dr. Doom. Now, that, of course, 
it, the ultimate comics. The ultimate comics changed a number of elements about the original story. And this Fantastic Four more closely resembles this version of the Fantastic Four's story and journey. Um, primarily because the major difference between this Fantastic Four and why and, and what differentiates it from other Fantastic Four movies is that, you know what, we're going to get back to that. Let me continue on a little bit here with the differences between this and the other Fantastic Four movies. So the big one is they don't go to space. They go to the negative dimension. The negative dimension fundamentally changes, the energy from it fundamentally changes them. The best parts of these movies, it, the best part of this movie is just the acting between the actors. Their characters interacting it's like, hell yeah, I want to see these people's adventure. The film also gets into some interesting stuff. Like the government is very aggressive with them and attempts to turn them into some type of weapon. And the film puts a lot of focus on this. Uh, this is a bit, this is like the middle of the movie. <clears throat> Tries to turn them into a weapon. It's a much darker, more grounded take on the Fantastic Four. In fact, interestingly enough, if I was going to compare this Fantastic Four movie to any other superhero movie, I would compare it to the very first Superman movie. Sort of. You see, the reason I would compare it to that movie is because that movie, while still kind of lighthearted and ridiculous at points is actually kind of serious and it's more of a character piece about superman the man with sort of long vista based shots of contemplation and introspection this one doesn't have the vista based introspection but there's an honest attempt to make it more grounded. And the most interesting things about it are just how the characters respond to having powers to, at the beginning of the movie, a lot of the movie is just them trying to develop the science. And that part of the movie is actually probably the most compelling to be completely honest. After they get their powers, it starts to feel a little bit more like the X-Men which is actually why it's weird that this movie wasn't tied into the X-Men in any way, because, you know, the government trying to use them as weapons kind of, you know, feels very X-Men universe. Probably could have gotten some major points if you tied this into the X-Men universe, Fox. Just saying. It's not like it wasn't written by the same guy. It was written by the same guy, right? Why is it not listed writer? Ah, whatever. The middle of the movie focuses on the military thing. And the final act is, of course, Dr. Doom shows up and just starts wrecking shit. And that's, that is the final act. Dr. Doom just shows up and starts wrecking shit. Hmm. Is there any more to it than that? Well, no. So the thing about this Fantastic Four movie that is interesting is that I, I don't think I could call it an action movie. There are a few action scenes in it, but the action scenes are so few and far between 
that calling it an action movie would be a disservice uh, to action movies. It's more interested in establishing its characters and its world, which I respect, actually. Even the parts where they're talk where the military is using them as weapons uh, take place off camera. Well, kind of. You see, you see news footage from where they're being used as weapons. And you see more of like the aftermath of them being used as weapons. And then it all just sort of slides into a third act that makes you go, what the fuck just happened here? And there's a reason for that, uh, which is that the, the ending has, has obviously been reshot by the studio because Susan Storm is wearing a wig that she's not wearing in the rest of the movie. And the ending is a very much a look at me is, is the, it just sort of slides into this ending that feels like it could have been cut out of any superhero movie ever like just a lot of noise and flash and bang and 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 whatnot and it's not it's not great and and the worst thing is is that the movie the movie does dr doom super weird toby cowell does fine before becoming the actual dr doom i kind of like the young dickhead take on him but then he becomes dr doom and uh see i I almost don't know how to describe it because it's it's the one of the weirdest things i've ever seen in cinema not overall but what i mean is essentially somehow he is simultaneously kind of awesome but also one of the worst interpretations of the character one could possibly imagine in terms of adapting Dr. Doom. Like he shows up, he's powerful, he, he murders all the characters you'd want him to murder. He's super powerful, super intimidating. He looks kind of cool, uh, but he's also not Dr. Doom. I mean, he's clearly meant to look like Dr. Doom and he's, he's clearly the character named Dr. Doom. But uh, his powers are not like Dr. Doom's. Um, Instead, he has telekinetic powers, interestingly enough. And and he doesn't come across as a genius. He's got so much power, he doesn't need to be smart. And it just, it does, it feels wrong for the character. It just does. So that's that's weird. Because like on a certain level, if I look at the ingredients of the character itself, I'm like, that's pretty cool. But then I look over here and I'm like, oh, but that's supposed to be Dr. Doom. That is not Dr. Doom. That is not Dr. Doom at all. And that's that's one of the, that's a weird thing of adaptation. Very weird. Very, very weird. So what else is wrong with this one? Well, the thing that's wrong with it is probably one of the reasons I kind of enjoy it, which is that I like that grounded, grittier thing. I just, I don't know why. 
And this movie is grounded and grittier. That being said, remember how I said that the Fantastic Four were hokey? Because they are. Hokiness is built into this franchise. I don't know if it's possible to do a Fantastic Four without the hokiness. The hokiness is just part of the property. They're a family of superpowers and it's kind of hokey. It is, well, I mean, when Richard's not being an abusive piece of shit, it's hokey. It's a hokey fucking, st- it's, it's, I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying, if I were a Fantastic Four fan and I went to see Fantastic Four from 2015, it would probably not feel like Fantastic Four to me. Because here's the thing I should say for clarity. I'm not a big Fantastic Four person. My favorite Fantastic Four was the Fantastic Four that was written by Grant Morrison. And like that book is a deconstruction of the characters that point out how incredibly flawed they are. That's my favorite Fantastic Four comic book. But like that book is not what people are thinking of when they think of the Fantastic Four. That's not the appeal. The hokiness is part of their appeal. And Fantastic Four from 2015 has basically taken it and tried to wring as much of the, in fairness, Ultimate Fantastic Four is much less hokey. But they just tried to wring all the hokiness out of it. Until it is grounded and edgy instead of hokey. So, yeah, I can totally understand why some Fantastic Four movie fans, Fantastic Four fans, would go into this movie and walk out feeling, eh. Grounded and Gritty has never been what the Fantastic Four is about. And some of the weird ways this is unfortunately reflected in the movie would be stuff like, okay, so Reed Richards' powers are not done poorly in the movie, but he never uses them in an incredibly creative way. Like, he spends most of the movie just, you know, extending his arms and legs and shit most of the movie. And it's not, like, there's a lot more creative ways he uses his powers in the comics. And I get it. He's, he's new to his powers. He doesn't, he doesn't know everything he can do with them. It's just, he hasn't even been a year. Or has it been a year? How much time passes in this movie? I don't remember. The point is, the point is, the movie never has a moment where it does something terrible. Like, he never uses his powers terribly creatively. And that's kind of a bummer for a, for a Fantastic Four movie, you know? It's also impossible to ignore that the movie has obvious studio interference with it, which I get at a certain point. Fox Studios probably came down, looked at what Josh Trank was doing, and were like, hold on. How m- where are the action scenes in this? What do you mean it's all character stuff? Oh, God. 
What if we bankrolled? Not challenging cinema. No. I'm not saying that the director's cut of this movie would have been more challenging cinema. I'm just saying it's 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 clearly made in a way that would make studios go, oh, that's how you're making your movie. Some people might like that, but movie producers want mainstream appeal. And slow superhero character studies are not mainstream appeal. Well, you know, besides that fucking Joker movie. And that's for 2015. Is my toss-up for worst Fantastic Four movie with the Roger Corman movie. Interestingly enough, one of them is very comic book accurate and the other is not. And they, they both are not good. They're not. But damn, does the 2015 Fantastic Four have a baller cast? I mean, goddamn. There are, few, like, it's, it's, it's not like Oscar shit or anything, but like, so rarely has such a bad movie had such good acting in it. So what is the best Fantastic Four movie that currently exists? It's easy. Fantastic Four Rise the Silver Surfer. That's the best Fantastic Four movie. Easily. Still not incredible. But let's talk about it. Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer is quite probably the best of the Fantastic Four movies that currently exist. It is certainly the one that I think is most worth watching. Do you have to watch the 2005 Fantastic Four to understand Rise of the Silver Surfer? Uh, eh, kind of. I th there's a couple characters and things that are directly pulled over from the first movie that, you know, it would be cool to be filled in on. And if you feel like you need the origin story or like how they, what was previously going on with them and Doctor Doom in the previous movie, if you feel like you really need that stuff, then yeah, it, watch the first movie. Do you need to watch? Is it do you absolutely have to watch that one? Yeah. But this Fantastic Four movie does about what I could ask a Fantastic Four movie to do. First of all, Jessica Alba's back with her impossibly pouty, gorgeous lips. And we got Chris Evans playing the Human Torch as everyone's favorite jock douchebag. But, you know, in a lovable jock douchebag kind of way. And of course, Michael Schickless and Ian Grafud. Grafud? Grafud. I assume his name is pronounced Ian, although I don't know what the fuck that O is doing there. I don't know what he's famous from. I really don't. If you, do, if you know what he's famous from, go ahead and, and tell me. But I have no fucking idea. <clears throat> this is the only thing I know him from. They're all back. Doug Jones is the Silver Surfer. Well, the body actor for the Silver Surfer. He's, he's voiced by Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, 
And this is about as good of a Fantastic Four movie as has been made at this point. I genuinely can't think of a better one that has been made. Let's talk about it. All right. So Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Let me be up front. Is still pretty fucking hokey. But like I said, I think that might be an intrinsic part of the Fantastic Four. So we're going to let it go. But if, if hokiness rubs you the wrong way, maybe Fantastic Four is not for you. Maybe it's just not going to be your bag. But in Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, Susan Storm is, gonna, is, is trying to marry Reed Richards. But of course, they keep canceling their weddings to save the world. It's a whole deal. But they're finally going to do it. And they've nailed down the date and the time. And everyone's going to be there. And it's going to be almost just like the comic book special where they get armor. So right there, that's if you're a Fantastic Four fan, I gotta imagine that's pretty cool. Iconic characters and moments from the comic books being put into a movie is what you, as a fan of a comic book, are sitting there going, please just fucking do it. Do some fucking iconic comic book shit that I want to see on the screen. That's what we want. So this movie does that. So you got to give it major points for that. The Marriage, hell yeah. Fantastic Silver Surfer, fuck yeah. Those are all huge plus categories for a comic book movie. Absolutely. So anyways, Reed Richard and Susan Storm are trying to get married, but a whole bunch of weird phenomena starts happening all over the world, and, this, and the government's like, hey, we want your help, and Reed's like, I'm getting married. Don't tell my wife I'm helping you, because that's what, because Reed Richards and Susan Storm's relationship is essentially the ma- major part of, like, the character dynamic thing that's going on. For an hour and a half movie, the film does a pretty good job of getting stuff to be going on with each of the individual characters, which is cool. It's very much about their relationships and stuff like that. This is something that is frequently challenging to do in sequels to movies. And this film manages to do that. And the fact that it does it in an hour and a half is impressive. The second michael bay produced ninja turtles movie couldn't do that and what is that movie like two hours now to be fair this central wedding premise does lead itself to a lot of hokum throughout the throughout the character stuff and there were a number of points in the movie where a complaint i would have if it is i mean i get that susan storm is not as much of a science a holic that Reed Richards is, 
But like, I do feel like the other movie did a better job of reminding us. The first movie of this series did a better job of reminding us that Susan Storm is also a fucking scientist. And I really feel like this movie should have made me think about that more. Now, I get that her character is upset because she's worried because she wants to have a family. <clears throat> and uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's fine. She's allowed to want to have a family even though she's a scientist. Do the jokes. And her and uh, Reed Richards are all worried about having a normal life. You know, that typical, oh, but if we're superheroes, how are we going to be normal? It won't be. Deal with it, you sick bitches. And in all honesty, this kind of thing just sort of like, they, they end up preventing the world from being destroyed. And that's sort of just like, yep, you know what? We were being stupid. We This is too important. And I mean, like, that is how you feel like they should view it the whole movie. But it does feel like it wraps up a little too neatly at the end. Not that that's necessarily the worst thing a movie could do. Now, Susan Storer's empathy, however, is well put on display here as, as one thing that is nice about her character in the movie is that she is largely the one who manages to connect with and communicate with Norrin Rad, the Silver Surfer, who is the herald of the impossible uh, galactic entity known as Galactus, um, who is coming to consume the Earth. And despite being a half and only an hour and a half long, this does eventually lead up to quite a decent a decent climax with the Silver Surfer character. It's kind of lame that it makes it look like they wouldn't be able to use him in a future sequel, but, you know, there were no future sequels, so it, uh, that's fine. Is there anything particularly surprising, innovative, or unique about this movie? No. No, no, not at all. I would say, I would give this, like, three and a half stars. Uh, but it's still the best fantastic, out of five, I should comment. Uh, it's still the best Fantastic Four movie we've ever seen. Why? Well, it gets the epic stuff from comic. It gets some epic, iconic comic book shit into the movie. And that's like, what else could you ask for? That's, that's about all you could ask for. Is that. As a comic book, as a fan of the comic books. It really tightens up the, the Silver Surfer story. And I... I do feel like the loss Susan Storm felt smarter in the previous movie and I'm kind of annoyed that in this movie she the movie doesn't remind us nearly enough that she is a scientist so that 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 irks me and you know Reed Richards you know kind of a douche but you know that's part of what makes his character work anyways where was i right so those are the basic issues i have with this fantastic four movie but the fantastic but fantastic four rises to a surfer has a great uh has, has a very entertaining final act all the characters come back and do all the characters they bring back do well. The dynamic between the four 
actors in the team themselves feels like you would want it to feel. Reed and Susan are having their relationship issues. Ben and the Human Torch are having their back and forth. We're friends who fuck with each other deal. Um, Ben's got his blind girlfriend in here, which is a nice holdover from, which is comic book accurate and a nice holdover from the first movie. And the film doesn't like a thing that I feel like is cool, but also I'm not sure how I feel about in terms of like storytelling is the fact that the film makes references to the character as his girlfriend is blind, but the film never outright just be like, yeah, my girlfriend's blind. This is my blind girlfriend. Like, I don't know. It, it kind of feels good that it's like that. But at the same time, anyways, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Server, despite uh, its simplicity, despite its, ho its hokiness, despite the fact that I think they could have done more with Susan Storm, in terms of her being a scientist. And despite some of the changes they made to Galactus, I think this is the best of the Fantastic Four movies that have currently been made. Uh, also though, it has to be noted, none of them are great. Even the best Fantastic Four movie, Rise of the Silver Surfer, I would just call good. The best in a series of kind of underwhelming offerings. See, that's what, I'm, that's what, I'm kind of what I'm saying. The best Fantastic Four movies are still kind of underwhelming. Like the range the range of Fantastic Four movies is bad to underwhelming. But if you feel like you want to see a movie version of the Fantastic Four, I have to recommend Rise of the Silver Surfer. Watch the first movie if you feel you would enjoy the movie more, if you, the second movie more if you did. But otherwise, yeah, you can probably skip it. If you're familiar enough with the characters of the Fantastic Four, you probably don't need the first movie. So that's my thoughts on all those Fantastic Four movies. Now, I'm gonna tell you how I would do a Fantastic Four movie. That's right. What would I want a Fantastic Four movie to be like? Well, let me tell you right now. I think there's one director out there who could make an absolutely fucking insane, great Fantastic Four movie. And there's only one director who comes to mind. Wes Anderson. Yes, I am 110% serious. I want to see a Fantastic Four movie that is the visual style of us, of, that's, of the Steve Zizou movie, uh, Life Aquatic. I want a Fantastic Four movie that is set in the 60s with a Wes Anderson aesthetic directing style. And I want Edward Norton as Reed Richards. There, I did it. That, that I, I, you know what, fuck it. Bill Murray as Ben Grimm. You know this would be fire. Come on. You know this movie would be fire. 
absolutely amazing. I like, yeah, no, I think that that is the best possible way to make a Fantastic Four movie. Because like I said, like the Fantastic Four movie, the Fantastic Four as, as a thing, like part of the appeal is the weird Silver Age hokiness. And Wes Anderson's style would amplify that. Not only amplify it, but do it in a way where it felt like it was simultaneously not taking itself too seriously, but also taking itself seriously. <laughs> That's what I would like right there. Wes Anderson, Fantastic Four. Make it happen, Disney. Trust me. Will it fit into your Marvel Universe? Who the fuck cares? It'll be the greatest Fantastic Four movie ever made. Doctor, I don't understand what the problem is with the violence. I mean, I used to hit, when we were kids, I would hit Johnny with a broom handle. Jesus, that can't be canon. Well, it's not canon, but you gotta, but you gotta admit it's believable. 